Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. Live streaming provided by Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Video. Visit tunein.alphageekradio.com to learn more. Finally, Friday is being brought to you this week by Major Spoilers patron members from around the world, including some very fine patrons in our chat room this week. You can keep this show going and everything we do at Major Spoilers by signing up today, today at patreon.com slash major spoilers well hello everyone it's finally friday i know we missed out last week i was doing some family things but that is okay how you doing it's not there, there really isn't a whole lot going on this week unfortunately it's a kind of a slow week talk about some interesting things on this slow week and of course it's been a couple of weeks since we've done finally friday which means the phone lines are open i'm sure you guys have a lot Guys and gals have a lot to talk about at 785-727-1939. And we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Uh, as I said, it's been a kind of a slow week. Not too many interesting things have happened. Uh, oh, wait, there was one interesting thing that happened uh, this week. It's incredibly hot in western Kansas this week. Today, it's <laughs> I am not kidding. Right now, it is 108 degrees outside. 108 degrees. Hey, you like my uh, Spider-Man case? That's from Skin It. We gave one away. In fact, here's the very case that we gave away uh, on last weekend. Was it this past weekend's uh, VIP live stream for our VIP uh, and patron members who are at the $10 and up level? So uh, I'm going to get that sent out. So if you're uh, needing another reason to become a patron... That's the reason why. Now, I, uh, I'm guessing that our temperatures are off just a little bit. Because the one that I have here says 108. And the uh, the app says 105. Still really hot. So it's been really hot this week. And uh, the boy is home with me this summer. And instead of him sitting around all day. Instead of him sitting around all day watching TV and playing video games. And doing his math homework and reading books. It's good for him to get out and get some activity. And he loves going to the pool, so I have no problem taking him to the pool. He's uh, bec becoming a better swimmer, and he, he can spend like an hour just doing cannonballs off the side of the pool into the into the four-foot, three-foot end. And so we just go, and I hang out. There's a nice area in that three-foot section that has a, a pergola over the top and like a bench that runs around the inside ring of the pool. And so you get a lot of parents sit there or older people sit there uh, or sometimes kids just end up playing around that area 
Uh, but they've also got the jets that come out and shoot my back right where it hurts the most. So I'll go and sit there while he does his cannonballs or everything. And so we go on Tuesday and we're just sitting there having some fun. And, uh, you know, I hear a tweet from the lap pool. The lap pool is the one with the diving boards and the deep ends, six foots, all of that stuff, where most of the quote-unquote cool people hang out. And I turned around to look because it was a pretty hard tweet, and I thought, ooh, maybe they're going to pull somebody up. Maybe it's uh, maybe the lifeguard had to dive in and get somebody out. And then I see people just getting out of the pool, getting out of the pool, getting out of the pool. And then over the intercom, we hear, The lap pool is now closed until further notice. And we're like, uh-oh, something happened. And then, of course, all those people come over into the, quote, little kids area, the shallow end, separate pools. It's got the the lap pool, the deep pool, the shallow pool, uh, and then there's a um, lazy river thing that people go on. And so we're hearing some things, you know, what happened over there? Oh, this happened, this happened. And my son comes over to me, and he's like, Dad... I heard that someone pooped in the pool over there, and that's why they closed it. And I was like, hey, man, maybe somebody did. Why don't you walk over there and take a look? You're not going to get in trouble for looking. You just don't want to dive in the pool. So he goes over, and a couple minutes later, he comes back, and he's like, Dad, there's a poop in the pool, and it's like this long. It's like four or five inches. Of course, this is from a distance. So, uh, yeah, someone pooped in our pool and closed it down. And this meant that all, all sorts of wild, crazy people came over and were playing in, in the, uh, the shallow end of the pool or getting on the lazy river or whatever. So that was somewhat annoying because then you've got the, uh, the jackass kids that think that, that it's great to uh, splash everybody and try to dunk everybody and all those kinds of things. And then, you know, I, I told the tale to my son about Caddyshack and what happens when someone pooped in the pool in Caddyshack and how that turned out. And he had a great expression on his face when I told him he picked it up and bit into it. And it was a baby Ruth. And he thought that was kind of funny. So I'm going to have to show him Caddyshack. I don't think he's seen Caddyshack. In fact, I know he hasn't seen Caddyshack. But I'll have to introduce him to Caddyshack. Uh, but then like an hour, hour and a half later, we were at the pool a long time, as you can tell. A little red on the uh, face and the nose. And I put sunscreen on. So I don't know why I got burned on the face again. It was really hot that day. A lot of light bouncing off the uh, off the water. But literally about an hour and a half later, come back on the intercom, the lap pool is now open. And I would have sworn that there was a shark in our pool, the way that people fled out of the pool. I mean, they literally ran to get back to the other pool that just an hour before had poop in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course something tragic happened later on but I don't want to get into that because I'm still kind of freaked out about it if you follow me on Twitter at Major Spoilers you will know what happened this is Tuesday's feed so go look there uh, what else has happened oh here's an interesting thing and this is where you guys can help me out Well, so a question from Nicholas says, I haven't been following San Diego Comic-Con. I hope it's been going well. Oh, that's the other thing that's been going on. San Diego Comic-Con. In fact, if you head over to Majorspoilers.com, and why haven't you gone over there, you will see all of our Comic-Con news. Look at those evil Batmans show up. 
but the Young Justice is coming back for its third season for 26 episodes. We can talk more about these coming up uh, in a little bit. So my wife and I's bedroom is on one end of the house and the kids' bedrooms are on the other end of the house. And at night, if they're yelling in their bedrooms, you can't hear them. I mean, you can after a while, but it's not like they're right across the hall. They are literally on the other end of the house, which is quite big and quite a distance. So for the youngest kid who's turned six, I guess, he's had, you know, we've just kept the baby monitor in his, I shouldn't say baby monitor, but we've kept the baby monitor in his bedroom uh, just so that in the middle of the night, if he wakes up and has a nightmare, doesn't know what's going on, or, you know, kids as they're growing get a lot of nosebleeds, that if he wakes up in the middle of the night, he's like, I got a nosebleed, then we can wake up and we can get down there. But he's to the point now where he doesn't want the uh, the monitor in his room. So we took it out this week. Great. Hooray. I love it. I don't have to be, I don't have to be woken up with, Mom, I can't sleep. I don't have to be woken up with that kind of stuff. But literally the very next day, this would be, uh, I guess, Tuesday, I guess. Same day. I pick him up from daycare and he's like, Dad, he'd been asking for a couple of days. He asked his mom on Monday, you know, hey, mom, do you think aliens are real? (laughs) And uh, mom is like, yeah, yeah, they're probably real. And he comes up to me on Tuesday and he's like, Dad, are aliens real? I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably aliens are real. We We don't know. I mean, there's a really good likelihood that there is life out there somewhere on another planet. And then he starts telling me that Yes, I think aliens are real too. And they come and they take you in the middle of the night. And I'm like, where are you getting this stuff? Where are you getting this story? You're six. And apparently he had a book at school or something or something they were talking about, alien abductions. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, alien abductions, those make for good stories. Those are kind of scary and those kinds of things. He's like, no, dad, you don't understand. They take you up into their ship and they strap you down and they do things to you with sticks and stuff. And they pull out your eyeball and they replace it with a camera in your eyeball. And then they put you back in a bed and you don't know anything about this. I'm just like, the eyeball is a new one for me, right? And then, of course, his older brother is like, nah, there's no way they could get you, beam you out of the house into the into their UFO because they'd have to lift the whole house up because you can't pass through the through the roof. And mind you, my youngest son is six years old and he goes, no, they take you out of the window. And beam you up into their ship. And he's like dead serious on this. So I don't know at this point. This is a little freaky for a parent, right? Suddenly your your child's talking about all these details about what happens when you are abducted by aliens. And he's kind of, you know, you can tell he's a little tense about it. But it's interesting that the literally the the day or so after the the monitor comes out of his bedroom, that he starts to have these weird thoughts and conversations about alien abductions and what people are doing to you. So this is where you guys can come in. And I already asked this on Twitter, but uh, I'm thinking that it's time for him to have a little bit of a thrill, not to terrify him, but to give him a thrill. Uh, you know, that, that that little jump, maybe you as a, as a young kid, six, seven, I remember it at age five, five or well, it was maybe younger than that, like three or four. I saw the thing or not the thing, the blob on TV the James Dean version, I mean, the, um, the James Dean version? No, not James Dean. Uh, but I saw the, the the old, the original version of the blob. 
and it freaked me out for a long, long time. But it was kind of that thrilling kind of freak out. So I'm thinking that there has to be a movie that is along that same line that has to do with aliens and alien abductions that would give him that same kind of horror yet thrill to where he might want to watch that stuff in the future and become more interested in watching maybe some scary movies or something like that. And obviously Fire in the Sky and Communion are two movies that are absolutely out of the question. And I think, you know, something like someone had mentioned um, the one where the little kid gets kidnapped and he comes back to Earth and it's like 20, 50 years later, something like that. He's gone through time. Um, that one may be too tame. But there's two movies that I thought might be scary enough for young kids, but also nice enough to where it's not doesn't totally freak you out. And the first one that I instantly thought of is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And if you've seen Close Encounters at the last uh, third kind, you know that Barry, the little kid, is about the same age as my youngest son. And that is kind of scary what Steven Spielberg did when all the little toys start moving around. Uh, you know, he goes downstairs and, and the people are there that you don't see and they're opening doors and making messes. And then all of a sudden the light comes through the door and it's trying to suck him out of the, out of the door. And the mom's freaking out about this abduction and everything. And then of course that is what causes the pursuit to go find these, these UFOs, which ends in kind of a very happy, happy ending. The other one would be E.T. the Extraterrestrial because E.T. has, I think, just enough scare factor in it but it's also got the whole death and rebirth thing that goes on with, with the alien. And I think that might be good, because I remember seeing E.T., when did that come out, like 1980, I want to say, something like that? Um, somebody correct me real quick, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's around 1980, 82, somewhere around there. And I remember my sister, who's like f six years younger than I am. Yeah, six years younger, younger than I am. She just had a fit when the alien died. Uh, and, you know, just started crying and bawling. But then by the end of the movie, she was all happy and excited. So it's I think it's down between between uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Now, in the chat room, uh, James says something like Contact. I don't think Contact is, is, is scary because it's really kind of all in your head, you know, and, and it's not... It doesn't have, like, really an alien encounter until you get, like, five hours of static at the end. You know, you have that kind of thing. I don't know if contact is is that scary, to be honest. Or it doesn't give you that thrill. And it really asks, you know, a six-year-old to do a lot of contemplation about space and life in the universe and those kinds of things. Uh, Flight of the Navigator, yes, James. That is the movie that I was thinking of. The Thing is is definitely too scary for a six-year-old. And this is coming from someone who saw the thing on television, broadcast television, mind you, when I was 12 and freaked out. And Jess says, which mountain? And which mountain is interesting enough? I don't know. I, I remember seeing which mountain as a kid and it's fun and it's interesting. And those two kids uh, were in a lot of Disney films at the time. But if you're talking about the original witch mountain, not the uh, the one with Dwayne Johnson, the, the remake of it. I don't know if that one's scary or not. And James says uh, E.T. is about a good alien, so that makes him less scary. That's what I'm thinking, too. It's got just of enough of a ooh moment to make you kind of freak out and get your heart pumping, and then you're like, ooh, my heart's pumping. This is kind of fun. That's kind of what I want from him. I don't want him... This is the thing that I don't want. I don't want to have him watch <laughs> The Thing, right? And then for the next four years, he's too terrified to sleep in a bedroom by himself. 
right? What I want is something that is gets that heart racing just enough to make him go, ooh, this is kind of exciting. Ooh, I'm kind of thrilled. I want that kind of rush again and, uh, and, and see what happens uh, with that. Let's go to the phone lines. Hi, who's this? Well, good afternoon, Stephen. It's NATO. How are you, Hey, sir? NATO. How are you? I'll, I'll have you know I'm missing some great San Diego Comic-Con stories because of you. I know. Thank you. But you're welcome. So what's on your mind? <laughs> Can you help me out with this? A movie that would thrill a kid, get his heart beating just enough without causing him nightmares or terrors, and then make him want to well, watch more and start to go down that path. The only one that I can think of that would probably do it would be Evasion of the Body Snatchers. Ooh, now, which one are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, Kiefer, or not Kiefer, Kiefer, yeah, the Kiefer Sutherland? No, Donald Sutherland. Are we talking about that one, or are we talking about the original black and white one? Oh, the original black. Well, I don't know if he would do the black and white one, but I think the black and white one's a lot more just creepier. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the whole thing at the end, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you got away. Ah! Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's that's messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is pretty scary. I think maybe, I think, I think uh, J. Michael T. says uh, start with E.T. and see what his reaction is. Yeah. And that may be the way to go. Because I know and that I watch close, a, I, I watch Close Encounters yeah. a long time before I saw ET. Oh yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe ET is the way to go. We'll see what happens. I asked him. I, I asked him the other day. I said, "Do you kind of want to watch a kind of scary alien movie?" And he's like, "Nope, no way." And then we couldn't have a conversation <laughs> about it. So I don't know. Maybe he's really being abducted by aliens. Uh, but yeah, my wife wouldn't go out to me, go out with me because I had a alien abduction story. So oh really? Good. You have an yeah. abduction story. I got to hear this. Well, well, I mean, so there's this whole thing oh, where um, I, I would wake up in them. I would wake up and I would have uh-huh. actual burn marks on my back. What? For, for no apparent reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were just weird shapes and stuff. So, the, <laughs> of course, this is, you know, the courting time of the relationship. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some, there, this one other lady was trying to get us hooked up and whatever. So you didn't have like some so crazy like ex that was like drugging your drinks and then coming over with a curling iron or something and, and trying to burn you that way. No, no. Okay. No. This, this, no. I'm just trying to rule out all the possible possible <laughs> reasons why this could happen, so we can get to the you were really abducted by aliens. Well, so so I I was telling her it's like oh yeah there's There'll be times where I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and like, ow, that hurts. And it'd be no reason why I'm waking up and things like that. And then I'm like, yeah, look at the burn marks and this stuff. And then I leave and my wife goes to the, to the other lady and it's like, and that's why I won't go out with him. <laughs> so, so did you ever find out what was going on? No, but I did do that 23andMe thing. So I just told my wife when it comes back with unknown DNA, <laughs> it's proof. Well, it's actually, it's not, it's not you that would have altered DNA. It would be like your children would have altered DNA. Well, but the thing is, see, my whole thing is, is that I was planted here, right? Oh, I, I see. And they keep, you know, they had to bring me back to make, like, maintain me. I don't know. It's weird. Well, all I know is the anymore? night that he, the night that he told me about, um, you know, how aliens come and abduct you, I had a crazy dream. You ever watch um, Princess Mononoke? 
No, I have oh, not okay. seen that. So there's these little creatures, these little spirit creatures that have like, best I can say is their heads look like upside down avocados, like big on the top and narrow on the bottom. Um, but they're all white. But I had this dream that there was this little avocado man had a had a head kind of shaped like an avocado with these big eyes looking in through my window and trying to get in. He was only, you know, it was only about that tall. He was only like five, six inches tall. But I kind of creeped me out and made me wonder, hmm, who's being abducted? What's going on? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm so, sure you didn't yeah. call about uh, your abduction. We're not going to turn this. No. I, at least I don't think we're going to turn this into the next um, Coast to Coast AM. We could probably. Cause no, no, we, no. We could probably have more interesting stories than George Nori. But anyway, what'd you call about anyway, this week? So two two uh, two uh, previews or trailers that I, that I saw that I thought were really interesting. One okay. was was in humans. That looks oh, yeah. really well done. You think? Was it better than the first I, trailer? You think? Because I watched it, and I was kind of like, uh, I still don't know about this. I, I, and I don't know if it's just that they have they they spent money on good set pieces or something or or what. But it, it does seem to be a little more. Um, and, and here again, this may be the first, you know, this may be that two hour IMAX thing where they threw all this, all the money in and making it look good, yeah. but I thought it looked really good and it looks interesting. So, yeah. and, you know, it, 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 I, I'm definitely probably going to, I mean, I got a couple of IMAX theaters around me, so I may go try to go see it in the theater. Before well, it might, it might be worth it, seeing in the, in the theater. I know that the first trailer had a lot more special effecty stuff with Lockjaw and I thought the Lockjaw stuff looked ridiculous and stupid. A lot of people are complaining about after this uh, most recent trailer. I see a lot of people saying that Medusa's hair just looks like poo, and not the kind you find floating oh. in a swimming pool. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and then the other one was definitely the Pacific Rim Two. Yeah, that one looks really cool. And did you get a see? I'm, I'm guessing you saw this at Majorspoilers.com because of yes, yeah, of course yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if you what you think of the uh, the new uh, Jaeger robots that they that we shared. So my question is, I like them and I love how it was the Gypsy Avenger instead of Gypsy mm-hmm. Danger again. That was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, and I actually went to the website and did a whole bunch of things with it. And it's it you know it's those little neat interaction and you know text this yeah, and yeah. now I'm like signed up to be a Jaeger pilot or uh, whatever cool. things that they do. <laughs> so, but my question is. They keep alluding to, you know, advanced technology and stuff. Are these single pilot Jaegers? Well, you know, the last scene in that trailer where the last couple of shots is John Boyega's helmet coming off. And it looks like it's a single Jaeger, uh, single pilot machine. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I I looked into, too, were... They were talking about, you know, different techniques and, and these are, you know, streamlined things and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. I'm wondering if 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 somehow they're uh, they're single pilots now and there's more of them. And does, you know, Rise of the Jaeger mean something different? Yeah, it could. Now, I know that uh, we were talking about this. Oh, we were talking about. Oh, I guess we were talking about this on um, Wednesday night when we were recording uh, critical hit. So it's it's stuff that's probably recorded somewhere that probably won't get a release. But I know Rodrigo was like, if there's not a Mexican Jaeger, I'm out. Because uh, at the <laughs> end of the at the end of the last movie or when they were first teasing Pacific Rim 2, when uh, Del Toro was still attached to direct, they were talking about 
uh, all of these robots from different countries were going to get featured in the movie, not just the U.S. and and the Russian one and the uh, Japanese one Japan, or the Chinese right. one or whatever it was, but a whole bunch of different yeah. countries. And uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how that comes out. I was I was wondering if this was going to somehow turn into a robot jocks kind of movie where now all the oh. robots are just going to fight each other in in tournament and sport. That'd be kind I don't, of I, I don't understand that would be wrong. That would not be wrong. <laughs> Have you ever seen Robot Jocks? I own Robot Jocks. Oh, okay. I actually well, had a, I had a poster that was like a <laughs> there's a plastic out. Oh my god, it's it is it is so 80s and it's oh, yeah, so. It I mean, it's all practical effects. It's all stop motion. It's mm-hmm. it's the the plot is so bad, but oh my gosh, it, it's. Such giant robots movie. fighting. I, I guess I mean, the, the the surprise for me on this one was the single the single Jaeger because I was really hoping because we actually watched on Monday uh, afternoon. My uh, oldest son and I sat down and we watched the first Pacific Rim. I could have swore I took him to see that in the movie theater, but he swears he's never yeah. seen it. But we sat down and, no. and watched it, and uh, at the end I was like, oh, so in the, I wonder if this Pacific Rim two if they're going to have to have more pilots, you know, like five pilots in the robot controlling different aspects of the robot to go and fight giant monsters. But then I was like, eh, some giant Macross or Power Rangers people would probably be upset. Oh, one yeah. was controlling the head and one was controlling an arm and one was controlling a leg. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, yeah. controlling arms and legs and everything, did you get to see... Because I know you are one of the few people that I've talked to that actually likes this show. Did you get to see the trailer for season three of Voltron? No, I didn't know it was out yet. That is up on the Major Spoilers website. Oh, I'll have to see that. Yeah. It looks really cool. There's a lot of interesting things that uh, are going to happen because, you know, the, the lions are scattered throughout the universe and they have to go track them down. But the good thing is... Season two... Well, okay, at the end of season two, season yeah, two. yeah, yeah, uh, but they have to go and track them well, down no. and find them. Oh, do they have to do it again? Because I remember at the end of season one, they had to go. That was like the beginning of season two, where they had to go grab the lines again. Oh, the lines weren't lost; they were lost with the lines, and they had to come back together. So they had to ah, okay. get the band back together, type thing. Okay, okay, that's what that was. So it looks they like they the party and they brought it back together. Yeah, so it looks like the the new season is going to start in August. And then it's only going to be a few episodes and then there's going to be a break. And then in, I think it's October, they're going to come back with the fourth season. So what they're doing is creating uh, shorter seasons, but you're going to get them more often. If that makes sense. No, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm okay with doing like five, five good, a nice big story arc for five episodes and coming back in, you know, four months and doing another one. That's yeah, that's okay. what they say. Oh, yeah, so it says uh, seven episodes Kinda in like season with... three, but there's yeah. another drop in October. Yeah. But that's kind of like how Disney does their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they give you the, the first, like, five or six episodes, replay those for, like, five months, and then, yeah. oh, here's the next five or six episodes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Or in yeah, the case it's... of um, Phineas and Ferb, it'd be like, hey, it's been three oh, months. Yeah. Here's a new episode. Now let's run that one into the ground for the next three months until we come up with another new episode, which I really hope the DuckTales series does not follow that. that oh, I know. Because that I, would I've be I've been awful. seeing some stuff on that, too, and it looks, it's been looking really good. And they actually, I guess what, uh, Lynn manuel 
uh, yep. is doing the voice of uh, Gizmo Duck, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a robot duck. So he's doing that, and all these people are on there. So it's, it, I, I'm hoping, I'm, I got my high hopes for that one, too. I do, so. too. I hope it's good. Yeah. Then, uh, oh, you know, it's another good alien movie, but it's kind of a kiddie movie. What's that? And just maybe to ease them into it is a battery's not included. Yeah, I thought about that, too. But again, there's nothing. I mean, I guess when I see that somebody had said like Cocoon, I don't see anything in those that are like have a thrill to it. Right. That there's not these little kind of jump moments of what's going on. It's all kind of like, hey, we're cute little robots. and We're going to help rebuild this apartment. Beep, 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 beep. So I don't know if that would be I mean. I mean, that'd be a way to, I mean, I think he's already seen enough like UFO cartoon shows that have UFOs in them. Mm, right, so right, I, right. I'm not sure that something like that would, would have the same effect, but I'm, I'm betting that that abduction scene in Close Encounters of the Third Kind would have just the oh, effect yeah. that I'm looking for. Because <laughs> I'm an evil parent. Yeah, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll be I mean, I'm not, that honor back in there in no time. It's not like I'm going to make him, I'm going to strap him down and make him watch every Friday 13th movie ever made. It's, well, then they just get com- comedical at the end. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at least that first <laughs> one. Oh, Johnny Depp. Oh, oh no. Frightening. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, you know, and I grew up with all, and, and that's the funny thing is like when I grew up, it was more horror movies that I mm-hmm. was, I mean, there was Close Encounters and, and some other stuff, but there was, HBO just had all these horror movies. I mean, yeah. my mom brought me to a double feature of uh, Grizzly and Coal Miner's Daughter when I was <laughs> however old. <laughs> so you want to talk about, I mean, jump scares and not seeing anything. And, and But yeah, so, and then, you know, Cujo and then, yeah. um, what else was there? Oh, of course, all the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, Cujo, mm-hmm. uh, the Silver Bullet, you yeah. know, all those uh, Fright Night, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, mm-hmm. Lost Boys and all that other yeah. stuff. So When I was about, I'm trying to think, I was probably about eight or nine. My parents started letting me stay up past like the nine o'clock bedtime, right? So I would, you know, they started by letting me watch uh, the Twilight Zone on Friday night, right? So um, they'd have Twilight Zone reruns. So I would try to stay up till 1030 so I could be awake to watch the Twilight Zone, because that was always a thrill, and then I would go to bed. And then as I started getting used to that on Friday nights and Saturday nights, then uh, they used to have the Friday Night Fight Fright Fest on our TV channel. So after mm-hmm. Close Encounters of the Third Kind from like 11 o'clock until 2 a.m. was like a, a horror double feature. And so then I started watching all the vampire movies and the scary, creepy, devil possession kind of movies that were coming out. So, you know, those kind of things were fun as a kid that you got to stay up late to, yeah. to be kind of scared and terrified. Um, but I don't, they don't really do, but I guess you, like you said, they have HBO and I guess there's the cable channels like the walking dead and that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, that may I, be too much though. They don't. Yeah. But I, I really don't think they do horror movies like they did back when we were growing up. No, 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 no. They, I they, really don't. I, I, one of the things that makes, and this is something that's really kind of cool when we talk about um, film editing and when I teach the the class about film editing is that the best scares are the ones that you that happen inside your head, right? The ones that you don't see on screen. So, you know, there are things like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies where I think it's Johnny Depp is the first one to die, right? He's laying on the bed and it comes up through him and pulls him down and blood starts shooting up all over the ceiling and everything. And yes, there is something that about that. The there was, oh, yeah. That was towards the end. 
Okay. But they're, yeah, because I think the one, their neighbor, their friend died first, and then right, she right. was falling asleep and seeing her like drug through the hallway. Oh, right, stuff, right, right. In the body so, yeah, 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 those yeah. kinds of things are good. But when you see something like Jaws, for example, and Jaws is a perfect example of how editing plays into your fears, is all the scary things that you thought you saw in Jaws you never did because the shark never worked, a mechanical shark never worked. And so in the edit bay, they had to cut away before uh, before it happened. And so you come into this theory of less is more when it comes to horror. Right. So, yes, you can have someone walking down the hallway and something comes out from behind the shadows, like just a face appears from behind the shadows. And then the person turns around and goes, <gasps> and then you cut to something else or you cut, cut away as the person screams. You don't need to see the person hacked to death 50 million times. Right. Uh, in order to be scared, that notion of, oh, this is the killer with the axe or the knife or the chainsaw or the claws or the bloody hook or whatever it may be. And cutting away is enough to make you go, oh, in my mind, this is what's actually happening. Uh, the same way in the Quentin Tarantino movie um, Reservoir Dogs, you got the scene where uh, yeah. the guy's tied down and uh, the other guy's dancing around and he pulls out the knife and he goes to cut his ear off. And the thing is, in the movie, you never see the ear get cut off. What happens is instead of doing an edit, uh, Quentin Tarantino pans away as he's getting ready to do that. And you just hear the screams. And that's enough for your mind to put two and two together and figure out what's going on. Now, originally, they had left in the first draft of that, they had left the the ear cutting scene in completely. And people just were like bloody disgusting and were leaving the theater and that kind of stuff in the in the test screening. And so then they were like, okay, well, let's try this one where you panned away and put that in. And that's the one the audiences reacted to more. They were like, oh, my God, that was so much more intense than actually having to see it. So I guess that's what I'm looking for yeah. in, in this kind of like scare tactic I want to do to my son. Here's, here, here I am planning on, on plotting to, to scare my child. Not scare him. Give him a threat. You know, it'll make him a better man. I think so. I think it will <laughs> make him more well-rounded because he's got quite a sense of humor. He's got a lot of creativity, and I think something that has a little thrill might just jumpstart him into that. Ooh, yeah. I just thought of one. Do you remember, um, what was it? It was the um, War of the Worlds, the 1950s uh, George Powell oh, yeah. War of the Worlds. Yeah, yeah. That's one that I saw as I was like in maybe first grade. Yeah, first grade I saw that. And that's another one that stuck with me for years as something that was just scary enough. But in the end, everyone's safe to an extent. Uh, maybe yeah. that's the one to go for. And we'll see. Uh, sorry, we are off on a different tangent. What else is on your, on oh, no, your no, mind no, this week? No, no, no. That's, that's about it. Just want to call in and, and say that and um, the uh, give my little suggestion there for the, the body snatchers. So. Yeah, body snatchers might be really good. I want to see, yeah, I think I'm going to see where we go, maybe because he might end up being in a a whole line of, oh, dad, that was really cool. Can we watch something else like that? And then just go from there. Cool. Yeah. All right, Nate, All right, well, you have a great weekend. Go check out that uh, that Voltron trailer over at Majorspoilers.com, and we will talk with you oh. again soon. Yes, sir. All right, bye. Bye. Ah, Nate, Nate's an alien. It explains so much, doesn't it? explains so much, Nate. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, so there's a lot of cool things going on at San Diego Comic-Con. There's one that kind of popped up very, very quickly at the end of last night's um, Legion 
uh, panel for 20th Century Fox, the director, producer, showrunner, Noah uh, Hawley, at the very end of the panel is like, oh, yeah, I've got another project I'm going to work on. And I guess since it's Comic-Con, I can tell you what it's about. Uh, It's two words. First word, Doctor. Second word, Doom. So apparently he is working on a Doctor Doom film for 20th Century Fox. And I find that interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, because he was allowed to just announce it so casually to to everyone. That's that's the first thing that's surprising. Although they did kind of do a similar thing a few years ago with um, Zack Snyder and Batman v Superman. But the other thing that's so surprising about that is unless they have... Unless they have something else up their sleeve, having Doctor Doom, a standalone movie, pretty much rules out any upcoming Fantastic Four Marvel Studios 20th Century Fox partnerships in the near future. Now, Kevin Feige had said a couple of um, last month, in fact, in June, he said the chances of a Marvel Studios Fantastic Four film uh, are less than and Interestingly, based on our conversation, he says there's a a better chance of aliens coming and landing on this planet than for us to do a Fantastic Four movie. Now, he could have just been brushing everyone off for this big announcement coming up. The only day that they could do it is really tomorrow, Saturday. But I think with this Doctor Doom announcement, that Fantastic Four is is, uh, definitely off the blocks, that you won't see Fantastic Four in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie anytime soon. So, hmm. There you go on that. So I found that kind of interesting. Uh, We found out a little bit more about uh, the Doomsday Clock. For those of you who haven't figured it out, it is, in fact, Dr. Manhattan, who's been manipulating everything that's been going on in Rebirth and before. They didn't reveal too much about that, except that it will take place, the events in Doomsday Clock take place a year ahead of all of the rest of the titles, which I find kind of interesting. And the gimmick is, this is kind of like what happened during 52, where it was like you jumped ahead a year and everyone's like, where did all the heroes go? And then you found out over the course of the 52, over the course of the Doomsday Clock, as that story's playing out, the rest of the Rebirth universe, the rest of the DC universe, will catch up to the end of the Doomsday Clock. So that as the two stories wrap, or as the the Doomsday Clock ends, everybody will be caught up into the universe in real time. And uh, and everything will be good. Grant Morrison is returning to uh, DC Comics for two new books. The first one is Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Two, and apparently, according to um, to Yannick Paquette, I believe is how you say his name, uh, they uh, he's the artist on this series. There's actually a Volume Three also on the way, and then there is also announced Arkham Asylum Two that Morrison and artist Chris Burnham will be working on. And this one is not um, tied to the previous Arkham Asylum uh, story that he ha- had done years ago, but rather it will be taking place in the Batman number 666 universe where Damian Wayne is all grown up and has to to deal with things. So there's a couple of books from uh, DC Comics that we can look forward to sometime, hopefully, in 2018. There was no word on a release date for that, but uh, I'm looking forward to, to the Earth-1 books because those graphic novels stand alone. They sell really, really well. They uh, blow everything else out of they they all rank on the New York Times bestseller list, which is cool. And it kind of further adds to my cause that we could go to standalone volumes instead of individual issues and have them come out once a year, twice a year, maybe three times a year 
and they would sell as good or better than the single-issue comic book. Let us go to the phone line. Who is this? Hey, it's Yarmo. Hey, Yarmo, how are you? I'm fine. It's been uh, a couple of I'm, weeks. Yes, it's been a couple of weeks. I was just thinking about that alien abduction thing in the a little bit different point of view because last week I watched the Ghibli animation called Tale of Princess Kaguya. Mm, okay. Which is which is like eleventh or twelfth century folk tale mm-hmm. in which a woodcutter finds a small girl inside a bamboo and and he he starts starts raising him with his wife and and later on he he finds a stack of gold inside the bamboo too and he he takes it as a, a message from the gods and starts raising her as a as a noble mm-hmm. but what's actually interesting in that in regard of the alien abduction thing because the whole whole thing ends like with the reveal that the princess is actually a girl from the moon and and in the end Buddha with his entourage comes from the moon with a cloud shaped spaceship or something like that to come come to get their home. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds interesting. I may have to track that one down. Yes, it it's actually really, really good and and what makes it even more interesting is it's like eight or nine hundred years old tale and we got like aliens in it right 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 yeah no i mean uh depending on uh who you're listening to uh ancient aliens have been around what is it von daniken has been saying that uh ancient aliens have been around forever building pyramids and and that kind of stuff so yeah i think you can have stories that are set that way um if i'm not mistaken because i've not seen the movie isn't 13th warrior all about that where they're fighting Mm, some i don't know if it's aliens but uh it's a little, little something like that. It, it's kind of philosophical and, okay. and stuff like that. I, I, I really don't remember it exactly okay. how it went. To, to commentate much more about that, but, but yeah, you should check it out. It's, I think it's, one of the best Ghibli animations I've seen, okay. and, which, which, which says a lot because they are, they are kind of, oh, yeah. kind of high, highly regarded. Well, I'm still, my favorite is still Castle in the Sky is my all-time favorite uh, Ghibli film. And I know that some, I mean, people can go and have big arguments over whether it's Nausicaa or um, Howl's Moving Castle or any of the, you know, any of the others. In fact, this week we're going to be looking at, uh, not this week, next week, we will be looking at, um, uh, what's the spirit, Spirited Away uh, yes. on Zach on yeah. film. And so it'll be interesting to see what Zach's take is on that film. And I mean, we could do a whole, just whole show by itself on the Ghibli films because uh, there's so many of them, and they're all so good. Yes, I think I've I've never seen even an average Ghibli animation. I think they're all are pretty much classics, or are very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is on your mind? Anything else? Yes, I just saw the Doctor Doom movie planned, and and I think that. As far as Marvel villains go, I think Doctor Doom is pretty much the only one who who is strong enough to stand on his own feet. Like really, like, like having yeah, because when you think about it, he's like uh, a super genius, like Reed Richards, mm-hmm. and and he got the armor 
with equal technology as as Tony Stark, as as far as if if the old stuff still still applies to his his armor, and and on top of that, he's also also a magician and and black mage and alchemist. So he yeah. he got that that Doctor Strange thing going on also. Well, I, I'm I'm curious only because Sony has announced, of course, that uh, Venom is going to get his own standalone film coming up soon, and of course Black Cat, which eh, kind of villain, kind of hero, kind of it's kind of hard to see mm-hmm. where her loyalties lie. Um, but uh, you know they're going to do a Black Cat standalone movie as well. Uh, Venom apparently is being done up as a horror film, but uh, it would be interesting to see between those two films, Doctor Doom, if it gets made, and Venom, if it gets made, uh, which one actually does better and which audiences would take to, um, would take to. Because quite frankly, I've been sitting here until you started talking about it. I've been sitting here for the last uh, twelve hours, fifteen hours or so trying to figure out how would Dr. Doom carry his own film unless he's fighting against somebody. Um, maybe it, maybe you turn it into some kind of a political drama with superhero stuff in there. And how did he become ruler of Latvia following the fantastic four incident, whatever? I don't know. It would be, it'll be interesting to see. Yes. I would actually do Dr. Doom like as an Osumandias slash Dr. Manhattan thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where he's morally ambiguous, but, but really doing terrible things for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you brought that perspective to um, to this. Yes, and I see Venom more like the cool, dark Avenger, like the crawl thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's much like that. Well, he's somewhat the, at least the, Anti-hero Venom is very much a product of the 90s comics, and, and we yeah. all know how, yeah. how those were. And... Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, we could talk about that for a long time, but anything else? Nothing more. I just thought that I, I bring that up, the, the Ghibli animation, and the, my my opinion about Dr. Doom and how he's the, he's the best Marvel villain ever. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see what we'll see what everyone else says. Maybe some people in the comment section can uh, react or call in and and share their reactions to the news. So, thanks so much for calling in, man. Yeah, Have a take care, week. Stephen. Yep, you too. Bye. Yeah. Doctor Doom is the best villain. I mean, I can start seeing. I can see how that it would be start to play out. But I'm trying to think of really. Are there any villain-led movies? Are there any movies out there where, I mean, besides Dracula and the Frankenstein monster, and Frankenstein's monster, he's just misunderstood. I'm trying to think if there would be a way to do it and do it effectively. Venom I could see done very, very easily. I still think that DC Comics is, or Warner Brothers is going in a wrong direction with the first, with this Justice League movie. I mean, it would be fun. I mean, uh, they did show... Yesterday, up uh, on the on the show floor, you can see these mother boxes that they have on display from the upcoming movie. So that kind of looks interesting, except for maybe that last one. That one looks really weird. But I still think uh, that the just that this Jeff Johns version of the Justice League is um, maybe I don't know. I think you could do it maybe a little bit different and still have a lot of fun with it. But we'll see. Let's go to the phone lines. Hi, who's this? Hey, Stephen, it's Bill Schweigert. How are you? Hey, Bill, how are you? Congratulations on the launch of your new book. It Thank is you very uh, much. It's out in stores now. 
And you can pick it up, of Fantastic. course, on Amazon. And, anywhere uh, fine ebooks are sold. Anywhere fine ebooks are sold. So uh, remind everybody what the title of it is. The Devil's Colony. Because I keep forgetting what it is. Now Nate apparently is already <laughs> six chapters into it, and is uh, loving it. I think he's six. He's six chapters into the last one. So oh, I'm into glad the last that he's one. Reading, okay. He's reading them in order, which okay. makes me happy. But I am uh, I'm calling in cold. I uh, am running around. We're preparing to go to uh, Wisconsin for a family vacation tomorrow. And I realized, oh, my God, it's finally Friday time. And I yeah. just caught the tail end of Jarmo's comments. Uh-huh. And I have to agree. Doctor Doom is my all-time favorite villain, maybe favorite Marvel character. I think uh, you could do a really outstanding movie. And I know that and I apologize that this was already said, but uh, Ed Brubaker did a, I think it was a six-issue mini years right. ago called Books of Doom that did the uh, Doctor Doom origin story for, like, more of a modern era. And it was it was great. I just, I love Doom. I think he's uh, so compelling. And I think you take the Fantastic Four and he's out and he's almost the hero. I mean, he's really a rich character. When you have... Mm-hmm. TV shows like House of Cards or Breaking Bad or even The I can, Sopranos. I can see that, yeah. As long as you put him up against somebody that's even more despicable, he's already so sort of charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, in, and that's, that's the question, though, is who, who do you put him up against? Who is the villain or I, who is the hero? I mean, if, if he's supposed to be the lead, do you have the Fantastic Four trying to thwart his, his plans or... Is he going up against the Submariner or Kingpin or, you know, someone else? Or is this literally a I've come back and I'm scarred horribly and I need to I need to build up this this empire and take over my country? Is it one of those Game of Thrones type things? I think I mean, as his, his origins, I think he's a, a gypsy mm. and I think him sort of wrestling power from whoever the king was at the time in Latveria. I think yeah. that would be a pretty. I mean, that's basically what Books of Doom is about okay. from Brubaker. And I think that was a pretty great... Uh, and I remember, I think it was... Maybe it was Doom 2099 when they shot him into the future and he has nothing. And through his own ingenuity and resources, he has to like claw his way back up to that parallel Earth or something like that. I don't know. I love him to pieces. I think he's yeah. great. Yeah. Someone's great pointing character. out in the chat that Despicable Me is a good villain movie. Yeah, you're right. That is a good, uh, good villain movie. And even, even Minions... Uh, so- Minions yeah, is also or, a very good villain, villain movie. And Silence of the Lambs. Like, you kind of, mm-hmm. you're kind of rooting for, you know, Anthony Hopkins in that. Just Are you really? So <laughs> Are you really? Well, I don't well, think so. No. Well, at the end where he's like, uh, spoilers, you know, where he's like, uh, yeah. I'm having an old friend for dinner. You can't help but pump your fist a little bit because right, that right. guy was was a jerk. Right. Um you can't you can't deny that he's one of the more enduring villains simply because he's he's charming. Mm-hmm. So again, so, in the chat, someone's saying uh, I would put uh, Doctor Doom against someone like uh, Galactus or maybe even an organization like Hydra. Of course, then that goes into the question of you know rights issues because Marvel isn't going to let 20th Century Fox use Hydra, although Galactus is. Uh, part of the 20th Century Fox uh, stable, so you could go with something like that. Maybe he goes up against the Silver Surfer. Who knows? Very true. I just remember when I um, was, I think, nine or ten years old, I bought my first Fantastic Four comic, and Mm -hmm. I just happened to buy 
the all Dr. Doom issue. And I think it was oh, issue cool. 258. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> but that maybe that scarred me. That's probably what it was. So yeah, well, I'm glad have, so many people no think problem. that Doom is such a great villain. I, I think he's got a great aesthetic. I think he's got a great look. I think if you're talking villains, I, I, I dig his look. I, I find him more more interesting to look at than a Venom or a Kingpin or a Vulture or any of those kind of guys. And especially if they go with the classic look of, I'm wearing a green cloak and I have this suit of armor and I've got this mask. I mean, that's what, that's what makes Dr. Doom, not somebody who's, you know, walking around in just skin tight spandex and saying, Hey, I'm a bad guy. Sure. I'm just, his, his big screen treatments have been pretty awful. Yeah, they have been. Um, yeah. But uh, so are you are you able to catch a breath or has the real fun San Diego stuff started? Well, so here's the weird thing, because I I forget that how and maybe it's just because I was on top of things yesterday. Uh, Yesterday was a very busy day. So Thursday was busy and I was busy basically all day. Uh, Of course, there wasn't a whole lot going on. So I was able to keep on top of it. And then I forgot that the show floor doesn't open until 930 with most stuff happening at 11 o'clock. So by the time the first panels are over, it's already two. I mean, when you factor in uh, central time versus Pacific time, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. So all morning this morning, I'm like twiddling my thumbs because beyond you know, there and beyond just a, an occasional press release coming in, there's not a lot of stuff going on until right about the time finally Friday starts. So uh, I'm sure after this, I will be scrambling to play some catch up and then I will be editing uh, critical hit later tonight to get that out to everyone and um, trying to keep up on the stories there. But I think that tomorrow will be the most crazy day just because that's the day when everybody pulls out, you know, pulls out all the stops and just goes for broke. And so I think that that will be the most interesting day at the show because you've got the Warner Brothers panel in the morning. That's the first one. There's a Stranger Things panel, I think, in the afternoon. And then uh, the Marvel Studios panel is 5 o'clock in the evening. And those are going to be the three big things that people are going to be talking about um, for most of Saturday. And fortunately, Boom Studios and Dynamite and IDW Publishing have all figured out that in order for them to get attention, that they spend the week and a half prior to Comic-Con sending out press releases saying, hey, here's what we're going to be announcing at Comic-Con and what we're going to give more detail on at Comic-Con. So we've kind of got all of the smaller publishers kind of covered. So now it's just the big stuff. Well, make sure you're getting lots of rest. Take your oh, vitamins. Yeah. Yep. Try not to get abducted by aliens. <laughs> yes. And so, then, you know, you'll take a breather on Monday. Yep, exactly. Well, no, because we got a bunch of other stuff to get done. But that is the life, and I love it. That's major spoilers. That is. All right, Bill, thanks so much for calling in. Hey, have a great weekend. Thanks you for the too. coverage. Yep, bye. Yeah, this book uh, that Bill wrote, the, 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 the Devil's Colony, the Fatal Folk- Folklore Trilogy, it's only five bucks on Kindle. I mean, it's it's really worth going and picking up and uh, and reading. And, and you know, it's got four stars out of all the reviews, so that's a good thing. Go check it out. Uh, let's see. And all those will be like one a.m. to five a.m. for yeah. So yeah, Jean was talking about the time change difference. Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. Uh, there have been some stuff that has come in, but. Um, you know, Comic-Con's not over. 
There can still be a lot of surprises. I mean, the Doctor Doom was probably the most surprising. It hasn't been, quote-unquote, officially announced, although the Hollywood Reporter has, quote-unquote, inside sources, and you know I don't like to run on rumors. But it looks like um, Warner Brothers has slated a couple of, of uh, movies under the DC banner that are coming out uh, in the next, was it, three years or something like that. And so Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Shazam is going to be the uh, the next movie that will be that will start production, and that The Rock won't be a part of it. Uh, Black Adam will not be part of that first Shazam movie, but will instead, like Doctor Doom, have his own standalone movie, which I think is interesting by itself, kind of like Doctor Doom. Uh, but we'll probably find that out officially on Saturday if they decide to announce it. If that's really what's going on, but I've got to say that so far. There have not been any jaw-dropping revelations, exciting reveals, or anything beyond the Shazam and the Doctor Doom thing that uh, people are really talking about. I mean, I know that there's interesting things like this Young Justice Outsiders uh, storyline, the you know 26 episodes and, and some of the things that they're going to be doing with that. I've got a story to talk about the uh, DC Rebirth and what's going on with some of the upcoming Batman-related titles. That's coming up here probably in the next hour or so. And some of those look kind of interesting, but those are just kind of like teasers for what's coming up. And to be honest, if you read the solicitations that we post on the website, if you read the DC Comics for October, you kind of get a hint for what's what's coming up. So I don't know if there's even going to be any big reveals in that, except that uh, one of the upcoming uh, Batwoman titles is going to be the sexiest comic ever uh, from DC. Um, but I don't know if that's even really... I don't know if that's things that people are interested in. I, I tweeted out earlier, I think it was Monday, Sunday, if if people were interested in chatbots, if you, the cool spoilerites, were interested in chatbots. And I only asked that question because Marvel had sent out a press release announcing a Marvel chatbot had been launched that you can go and have a conversation with a Marvel chatbot about Marvel things. I personally don't find that interesting, so there's I'm not going to report on it. But if it's something that you guys find interesting, then yes, I will certainly talk about it. Just like I probably would not have shared much about the Voltron panel had I not known that many of you out there really, really, truly love a Voltron. And so I'll share that information. Um, and so that's why I was wondering, chatbots, are you guys interested in this? And, and the couple of people that responded back to me were just basically like, I don't really care. So that's why we didn't run the Marvel chatbot has been launched. But I guess if you're into chatbots, there you go. And I know some people are really into chatbots and they think that that's the cool way to help with customer support and technical support and those kinds of things. But uh, from what I understand of the Marvel chatbot, it's just like, hey, Marvel chatbot. Hey, fan, how you doing? Have you heard about the new Spider-Man? Do you know about this? And it just seemed more like a sales gimmick more than anything else. Um... Can we corrupt the chatbot? I don't think you can. I don't think it is self-learning. And that's the the cool thing about the cursing chatbots uh, or the chatbot that was it was I, uh, artificial intelligence uh, capable. So it was actually learning from its interactions with people. And what was it? Just like within a day or so, they had turned it into a cursing racist robot in the way that uh, people were interacting with it. So they had to take it down and kill it. I don't think that the Marvel chatbot is that way. And I, I don't even have it in front of me to where we could... Let me see if I can find it. Marvel Chatbot. Oh, Marvel Universe Chatbot to launch with Secret Empire. Marvel Plus, I guess that's an AI picture. 
is conversable. Marvel Comics Secret Empire is breaking out everywhere, and we could really use your help. Chat with Spider-Man during Marvel Comics Secret Empire. Unite with the Marvel Universe against forces of Hydra. Engage in fun quizzes and puzzles. Be the first to receive exclusive Marvel Comics content. Find your local comic shop. Eh, pass. Pass. Is it being launched in partnership with Conversible Inc.? And it leverages natural language processing and machine learning. So, ooh, Jess, if it leverages machine learning, you could probably teach Spider-Man to curse. So you go look for it, I suppose, if you want to if you want to engage with it. But uh, my guess is that many of you were not interested in that. Uh, but well, chatbots to me are things that spit out useless information that you really don't want to know or that you're too lazy to go look up yourself. And so I would not say that Matthew is a chatbot. Uh, but chat chatbots are just basically interactive scripts that you run. I mean, uh, the Turing test uh, to find out whether something is, is someone is real or not real uh, has been around forever. And if and there's more than a good chance that if you have engaged in an online support help, that that first level of support is totally a chatbot just running through scripts. So, yeah. Uh, and really, the, there's not a bot in, in some terms other than a bot that uh, that censors bad words from your live stream. Uh, that's not what a bot does either. I mean, I actually have to go in and actually enter the words that I want to be banned so that they don't show up. Yeah. Yep, it responds to specific keywords. 785-727-1939, that is the number that you want to call or... The chat is right there. You can ask your questions there if you have any questions. Or if you have a favorite San Diego Comic-Con story that you've already seen, then uh, certainly um, you can share that as well. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff. I'm really impressed with the uh, number of stories that we've had up in the last three days. Um, You know, it used to be I think our record was 120 stories over the course of three days, and we're already past that. as of today. So there's a lot of stuff out there and some cool things. Uh, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Ghostbusters are going to team up for another crossover. Uh, there's some really cool DC All Access uh, products that are coming out that we may have already seen and other places. That Kingsman panel was uh, pretty crazy with um, um, Halle Berry chugging down a pint of whiskey. That was uh, That was interesting to watch. Here's an interesting one. Lego unveils the Deadpool duck exclusive minifigure. And this has been kind of a point of contention for, I guess, Lego fans for a while now. In that uh, they also have for the DC side, they had, um, is it Hawkgirl? Yeah, I think, or no, um, Bumblebee. I forget which one was the, uh, the DC minifigure that was the exclusive. But a lot of Lego fans hate this, that that Lego gives away these exclusives at conventions like the San Diego Comic-Con, because number one, everyone who comes up to the booth wanting one of these doesn't get one. In years past, and when my wife went and I went to Comic-Con years ago, we tried to do this, where you had to line up at a specific time, and they would randomly give people out in line, or if you pass through, 
Uh, there was only a certain number that they would give out each day, and then you had to come back the next day and wait in line to try to get it again, and it was, you know, it's a real mess. And uh, the problem is with, with a lot of these is that LEGO fans are upset that LEGO doesn't have enough of these, that they don't package them in other products, and what ends up happening is a lot of people who get these turn right around and sell these on eBay for hundreds of dollars. And that in itself can be a big, um, a big pain. So I'm just going to go over to eBay and see if any of these have shown up online yet. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. If you guys are interested in it, I'll certainly share stories like that. But to me, it just sounds like dumb marketing, to be honest. And I'm not. I, I don't want to be somebody that just sit, goes around and promotes dumb marketing for dumb products. And I, I, I'd like to think that we try to curate um, curate our, our stories so that it is of interest to you and that you're not just being swamped with, with a bunch of stupid stuff. Let's see if there... Oh, here it is already. Gosh darn, look at this. Deadpool Duck already up on eBay one day after Comic-Con officially opens. $260, $218, $265. There's one for $299, 274 $251, $325. Let's arrange uh, these. I think we can arrange these from uh, price. It looks like it goes from $193. To, oh, here's one where they have the uh, both of them. Oh, it's Vixen was the DC one. Here you can get both of them for $600. That is crazy. And if you look, well, uh, these that are super expensive have nobody watching them. Oh, here's one for $319 that nine people are watching. Here's one that looks like it's already out of the bag for $315, $300. So, yeah, somebody's going to be paying a lot of money for these minifigures. And that's what LEGO fans are really, really upset about, is why should they pay two or $300 for one of these minifigures that they want to add to their collection just because LEGO doesn't want to produce enough of these to where people selling these on eBay would dilute the market. Part of me is also thinking that some of these accounts might actually be LEGO accounts. I, I don't know if anyone's ever proved that, but it just seems like sometimes uh, these super rare sets or sets that have been out of circulation for a while suddenly appear on eBay for two, three thousand dollars. And you wonder, is it really someone's home that's selling these or is someone at Lego making the company, you know, 20 grand on the backside by selling three or four of these over the course of a year so? I don't know. So Jarmo says, watch those go for like 20 bucks a month from now. Here's the thing. In one month, Jarmo, remind me about this because I'm going to guarantee you that these prices hold. Um, what was the last year's? Let me see if I can find the 2016 Lego San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. And we'll see if any of those are selling for 20 bucks. So last year, it looks like it was Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, so they had Legends. Of, okay, so Legends, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Adam, which was one that I wanted last year.
Let's go up here and see what this is today. So, let's see. This Vixen, Vixen, Vixen. All of these are all Vixen ones. Let me just see if I can just go to just the atom by itself. Oh, so here we go. Yeah. Um, the 2016 minifigures are still running 200 bucks for the Atom. Now, those aren't. But yeah, so the price doesn't drop on these. And if I were to say one commodity that actually will always increase in value, it's Lego. I mean, Lego is like gold. Right. I mean, when you're selling minifigures for 20 bucks or 200 bucks or something like that, uh, or you're buying Lego bricks at 10 cents a pop per piece, that adds up really quick. And so Lego, even in the secondary market, is one where you can make money. And I'll be honest, I bought that giant uh, Lego Disney castle. The I forget how many pieces are in it. It's like 2000, something like that. It's a big set, but I know it's a limited time only set. And I've put it in the Nerd Room of Doom. It's still on the box. I have zero intention of building it. Even though I would love to get the little Disney minifigures, I have zero intention of building it because I know in five years that I will be able to sell that for two, three, five thousand dollars $5,000. It'll increase. It'll appreciate 10 times its, its cost in five, 10 years, especially for those sets that go completely off the market. Uh, so if you're wanting some investments... And it's a kind of a sometime of a long-term investment and you've got the storage space and you can keep the boxes nice and neat, man, investing in Lego and selling them later for a huge profit. That's a way to go. Um, I've never seen any SDC exclusive hold. Lego might be a sole exception. Oh, yeah, you're talking about holding the price over the term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lego is one of those that, like I said, appreciates in value every year. Oh, and we are out of time, everybody. Look at that. We're talking about Lego. We're talking about alien abductions, poop in the pool, San Diego Comic-Con, and so much more, and we are out of time. Time flies when I'm having fun with you guys. Which is why, Jess, yes, I should be here every week, nonstop, to do Finally Friday for you. And I want to continue to do that every week for you as well. But sometimes, you know, family things take precedent. Hanging out with the family, going to see Spider-Man with the family. Sometimes that's a good way to get get things uh, done, to relax a little bit. Um, But yeah, I really enjoy talking with you guys week after week, month after month, year after year. And we can continue this show and make sure that it comes out every week by getting more people to sign up at our Patreon page at patreon.com. Get it out. Spell it out. Patreon.com slash major spoilers. So you can go to sign up. If you found some value in our conversation today, if you if you got a chuckle out of a story we told today, if it made you stop and think about something today, give a little back. We've got a, we've got a very entry-level thank you uh, pledge level of $1 per month, and it goes all the way up to a new pledge level that we had that's, that's honestly a joke level. But we've got one set for $100,000 a month. If you want to pledge that month, that much per month, you can do so. Maybe you only want to do $5 a month. That's fine, too. Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. Thank you to all of our patrons out there and our valuable VIP members. 
Without you, we couldn't make this happen. And in fact, let's take a look at those guys as we close out this week. You're all wonderful. Have a safe and happy weekend. Have a great Comic-Con weekend, if that's what you're doing. And we will be back next Friday when it is finally Friday. <laughs>